For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. A 2019 study commissioned by Dove found that black women are one and a half times more likely to be sent home from work because of their hairstyle. These findings led Dove to co-found the Crown Coalition. Crown stands for Creating a Respectful and Open World for Natural Hair. Along with other members of the coalition, Dove is committed to the passage of the Crown Act. This legislation protects against race-based hair discrimination in schools and the workplace. Help Dove and the Crown Coalition make race-based hair discrimination illegal in all 50 states. Sign the Crown Act petition today at dove.com backslash crown. Tiger fans, get ready for episode 205 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of all future episodes. Apple Podcast users, rate and review the show and everyone. Follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. And of course, I have a special guest here with me to preview those Southern Jaguars. He is the host of the Locked On HBCU Sports on the Locked On Network, the sports reporter on WBOK 1230 AM in New Orleans, and the Jaguar Journal, none other than Reggie Flood. How's it going, Reggie? Man, I fold clothes, wash cars. <laughs> you know, I'll mow your grass if you need to. I, I'm busy, but I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you, Corey? I'm doing well, man. I think I saw you uh, at the concession stand as well last time yeah, I was in Mumford. popcorn, <laughs> hot dogs, man. You know, whatever they need me to do, I'm there. I, Absolutely. I, press, I fold clothes, press clothes, all of that stuff. <laughs> busy, busy, man. Well, it's an honor to have you because because you are so busy, man. We definitely want to talk to you about these Jaguars. Thank you for coming on the show. Oh, and man, you know what you. time it is. Rivalry thank week. Me, man. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's rivalry week or uh, uh, arguably the biggest rival rivalry in HBCU uh, sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if they, if they, if it was a, a 
a Tilly Winks match or <laughs> whatever it would be, Southern and Jackson State would have the bands and that, mm-hmm. all the fans, and it would be a rivalry. There'd be plenty of trash talking. Absolutely. It doesn't matter what it is. And especially now for us, because we remember what happened this spring when these two teams met. And I know the Jack State players have that on their minds, but this, you know, the Jack State team is much improved from the spring. But tell us about this Jaguar team. Compare it to the team that Jackson State saw in the spring. What are the similarities? What are the differences? Well, I think the, the biggest thing is these teams are two different teams. Jackson State is a different team from the spring. Southern is a different team from the spring. As far as Southern is concerned, uh, you have a new coach, Coach Jason Rollins, who has the interim tag on him. Coach Dawson Owens, of course, everybody knows, left, went to Norfolk State after the spring season. Coach Rollins is, has come in, and I think due to his lack of experience, he tried to initially fix something that wasn't broken. Hmm. And I think that has been a problem with Southern this year, why they're four and five at this point in the season and out of the SWAC West race. Uh, I think Coach Rollins saw some things that he thought needed to be fixed. And when in actuality, all they needed to be was tweaked. Mm-hmm. Uh, so- Southern has struggled on offense at times and defense at times. Those are two things that, that in particular on the defensive side of the ball was not something that Southern had struggled with in the spring. Or if you remember thinking back to Coach Odom's, uh, struggle period, uh, especially this late in the season. Offensively, Southern doesn't seem to have an identity. Uh, we've known Southern for having a big offensive line. Uh, while Coach Rollins has said that they are a big man-led team, they haven't exactly leaned on their offensive line this season. They've, they've become a passing team, trying to implement a short passing game. And oddly enough, the offensive line has given up 15 sacks, the most mm-hmm. sacks in the conference this 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 year, well, against a team that was basically had every lineman on the all swag team right in the fall. But I think that's because they've gone away from their strength, which is running the football. Southern is a running team. They're they're in today's game. They're a throwback team, mm-hmm. and I think Coach Rollins has in his offensive coordinator Zach Grossi, has gone have gone away from that and they're paying the price for it late in the season. Southern has been a Jekyll and Hyde team. One week they're up, the next week they're down. They haven't developed an identity. And at this point in the season, they probably won't have a consistent identity with two games left on the schedule. Wow. And, you know, we talked about the change up top of head coach, but another big change as well has been that quarterback going from Skelton to Bubba McDaniel. Of course, uh, McDaniel has come in and he's he's throwing the ball around. He's completing 63 percent of his passes, 1,200 yards on the season, nine touchdowns. Jackson State has not faced McDaniel. So what can we expect? Uh, I think that Bubba McDaniel is, is, a, is a consummate game manager. I think that they are asking him to do uh, more than more than he's necessary. Not that he's ca- not capable of it, but more than he's prepared to do at this point. He doesn't have the reps in to to do what uh, Coach Gross is asking him to do. I think switching from the Darius Skelton to uh, Bubba McDaniel was necessary. Skelton is a heck of an athlete. Don't get me wrong, and he's scary in a lot of places because of his athleticism. Uh, I just wonder if Skelton, at, at, at the point where teams had seen Skelton for three years, teams were starting to realize this guy is not going to beat us with his arm, 
They were putting eight and nine men in the box. So, and he couldn't, he couldn't what Coach Grassi wanted to be done. He couldn't mm-hmm. do the things to capitalize, I should say, on the teams putting eight and nine people in the box. So you go with a quarterback change. Things have been up and down because I don't think this team was built to do what Coach Grassi wants it to do. But you have two dynamic running backs that would that could complement Bubba McDaniel if you made that switch, as opposed to Ladarius Skelton being the dominant person mm. uh, in terms of running the ball. So I think everybody is going through a transition. Skelton is getting he is getting a lot of run at uh, kick return. He's returning kicks. He's played some. Uh, some running backs he's played some uh slot receiver so mm-hmm. they've they've done that although we didn't see any of that against florida and him so mm-hmm. if you ask me about it uh coach Grassi is as jekyll and hyde as the team has been mm-hmm. and you talked about that running game and the offense overall is ranked fifth in the conference and scoring at about 28 points per game uh, but they do have the best backfield in the swag talked about some of those guys but they've been a little bit banged up uh, so talk about that, how that has affected the team, and but what do they bring to the table when they are healthy, and do can we expect to see a healthy backfield going forward? Uh, I don't know how healthy they're going to be at this point, but Kobe Dillon, to me, is the best young back in the league. He is, if there is a young pro prospect any better than Kobe Dillon in the league, hmm. the only wow. person I can think of is Shadua Sanders. Wow. Kobe Dillon is the prototype. He's six foot two. He's 215 t- pounds. He's a former quarterback. Okay. Uh, he can run the ball. He can run inside, outside. To me, Kobe Dillon is um, probably a guy that could carry the banner for the conference in terms of pro prospects from skill position players. Mm-hmm. He he is that good. I, I, I Like I said, the only freshman that I know that's better than Kobe Dillon issued door sanders mm-hmm. uh wow. and, and so in with that being said gerard sims who is a great back in itself when he's healthy is better than kobe dylan and but gerard just hasn't been healthy i felt like gerard probably should have redshirted this year with an injured foot he came back he seems to have re-injured i don't know if he's going to be available this week for the uh for the game for the southern jackson game but we shall see. He's a, he's a great back. Uh, I think that Southern needs to depend on the running game if they're going to uh, be competitive in this game. They're going to have to lean on their running backs. And if Sims and Dylan are healthy, then Southern will be will, – will, and they are consistent about running the ball. Coach Grassi and the offense, the offense is consistent about running the ball. Southern will be okay. It will be a competitive game. If not, they're going to play right into Jackson State's hands, and we don't know what's going to happen. In terms of the other backs, Craig Nelson and Devon Ben, those guys are decent running backs. They're, they're, it, Devon Ben seems like he's been at Southern forever. I call him, I, I don't know, for old school swag people, he remind, he, I call him I, I, the Mickey Dean of Southern. <laughs> I knew yeah. it was coming. <laughs> yeah, the Mickey Dean of Southern. Uh-huh. Seems like he's been playing there for years and years. But, I mean, he's, hey. a, service, he's a serviceable running back. He's gonna, he'll get you tough yards. And, uh, you know, he's a, he has good leadership. He's a good kid. So, mm-hmm. good, or a good young man. I shouldn't call him a kid. He's a good young man. He's a program guy. Mm-hmm. 
Now, Dylan, he didn't play last week, and Sims only got one carry. I know Coach Rollins said he's hopeful to get one or two of those backs back this week for Jackson State. How different is this offense when you don't have those backs, when they're not at full strength? Does that force McDaniel to try to do too much? Because I know you talked earlier about how they're using him. So how does that change things? I think that – I think it forces Coach Grossi to force more on uh, – I was about to call him Jacoby, but Glendon Bubba McDaniel. Uh-huh. Uh, he, he is uh, – if I think Coach Grossi tries to depend on him too much, Devon Ben is not going to be a game-breaker. Mm-hmm. Craig Nelson can give you some uh, multiple things. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can he can break some runs, but they're not on the level of a Kobe Dillon and Gerard Sims, mm-hmm. and so that changes the offensive scheme, uh, and particularly with Kobe Dillon because Kobe Dillon can he can tote the rock, and I, I know I'm talking about him a lot. Gerard Sims is dynamic in terms of his vision and his footwork and his skills and even size. Both of these guys. And I want to emphasize this. Both of these guys are pro prospects. I mean, for like mm-hmm. serious pro prospects, if they could, if they can stay healthy and continue their careers as, as they're going, these guys are both serious pro prospects. Mm-hmm. And, and so that makes a difference. There is a, a, a line, there is a, a step above with Dylan and Sims that Nelson and, 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 um, and my man uh, Devon Ben can't give you, and and that mm-hmm. makes a difference in the offense. Mm-hmm. And let's switch it over to the defense real quick. I, I want to talk about this defense. It's number eight in the conference in scoring defense, giving up about thirty-two points per game. But the defensive line has been riddled with injuries. Southern hasn't had a full D line at any point this season. So just talk about how that has affected what Southern has been able to do. Yeah, because that was a, the defensive line was supposed to be the strength of this defense. You had an All American. No matter of fact the FCS player mm-hmm. of the year, right. Jordan Lewis. Uh, it, it was back this year. You had high expectations for him. He's been injured out uh, three games now, played sparingly against Florida and m trying to give something. He hasn't been able to, to, to get off the way that he normally does. Uh, you've had uh, Devon, Davin Cotton, who plays in the middle of the big tackle, the big five-star tackle. He's played well when he's been there, but he's had some serious injuries. He's missed a couple of games. Uh, Cam Peterson, the other defensive tackle, has now missed two games. Uh, Jalen Ivey has missed a game, who's the other defensive end. Southern has switched up to a 3-3-5. They struggle with linebacker play because the defensive line hasn't been intact. Uh, They haven't been able to get pressure on the quarterback, which is why they've given up so many yards in the past and so many in the passing game and so many uh, points, but they have been able to turn teams over and they've been opportunistic. So, you know, the defense for Southern is really a work in progress and it's really kind of hit or miss. They'll give you some three and outs. They'll turn the ball over. Uh, but I think that Southern is a prime example of everything that they talk about the three phases of the game mm-hmm. and the three phases of the game working together. Southern is a prime example of the game not working together on any given night or at the right times. 
and Reggie switching from that Southern defense to the Jackson State defense. JSU leads the FCS with 42 sacks, and that's nine more than any other program in the country, averaging almost five sacks per game. How much of a concern would you say this is for Southern, especially considering that offensive line that we've talked about earlier? The dark side is back. <laughs> yeah, the dark side defense is definitely uh, one to be reckoned. Uh, you know, this is where if the offensive line is going to gain their reputation or get any respect back, this is going to be the opportunity. Jackson State's defense has been incredible. The linebackers play really, really well. They can run from side to side, and they tackle well. That's one of the things that people don't really look at. People talk about speed, size, and all of that, but a lot of people have that. But the ability to actually tackle, is a lost art in today's football, not just mm -hmm. on the college level. It's on every level of football. Tackling, actually making tackles is taking a hit. Mm -hmm. And one thing I noticed about Jackson State is they tackle well. Absolutely. So what's your just overall assessment of this team? Because I know you cover, you know, not just Southern, you cover HBCU football as a whole. So just as someone who's, you know, watched this team, especially seeing where they went from the spring to where they are now and what Coach Prime has been able to do, just what's your honest assessment of the team? Well, Coach Sanders has been able to turn this team into, it's a new team. They look like a new team. You have a lot of new personnel. They play a different, more aggressive style of, of football. And what he's done, and I can tell Coach Prime has spent, uh, uh, Coach Sanders has spent a lot of time around or spent time around Nick Saban. Mm -hmm. What he's done is he's gone and got him some athletes. He simplified that defense for those guys, and they're playing fast, and they're playing aggressive, and they're making plays. And that's, that's, that's football. Don't turn football into trigonometry. Just mm -hmm. make it football, and it'll do, and you'll do fine. So, and that's what Coach Sanders and, and, uh, Coach uh, Coach Dennis has done. I, I'm forgetting the defense coordinator's last name, but DT Dennis Thurman. Dennis mm -hmm. Thurman. That's what Coach Thurman has been able to do. They have simplified that defense. They put their guys in position to make plays, and those guys are fast and aggressive to the ball, and they get people on the ground. And that's that's what you want guys to be able to do. That's what your defense should be able to do. Absolutely. And, you know, despite the records, we know what, what's going to happen. The Southern's going to be up to play. You can throw the records out, out of the window, especially considering Jackson State is trying to clinch uh, the East. And I know Southern wants no part of that. So I know they're going to bring their A game. But but honestly, what do you think are the keys for Southern? If they were if they're able to pull off this win, how do you think they would be able to do it? Southern has to make on the defensive side of the ball. They have to find a way to make Shadour uncomfortable. That's the one thing that I've noticed. This year, hardly anybody has made Shadour uh, Sanders uncomfortable in the pocket. Southern's going to have to be able to do that. And if he makes a mistake, they're going to have to capitalize on it. Uh, on offense, Southern is just going – they're going to have to be Southern. They're going to have to be Southern. Line up and run the football, run the football, and run the football. Run the ball, coach. <laughs> Plain and simple. Jackson State. Just has to be Jackson State. Shadur Sanders is a is, is a guy who takes who is taking command of that offense. He doesn't make mistakes. He controls the offense. He gets the ball to the right places. If he does that, Jackson State is hard to beat. Jackson State's defense is just what I said. It's as advertised. They play fast. They play aggressive, and they tackle well. And they do if they do those things, Jackson State is going to be hard to beat. Jackson State doesn't have to do anything 
different than what they've been doing all year to be to be to win. They just have to be Jackson State. Mm-hmm. Southern is the one that's up and down. If Southern is Southern and Jackson State is Jackson State, we're going to see a classic battle. If Southern comes out and tries to be anything but then then who they are, which is a part of, part of the problem they've had this year, then this thing could get ugly, honestly. <laughs> All right. There you have it. The Boombox Classic. Can't wait. Uh, definitely, like you said, one of the – I think it's the premier rivalry in – HBCU football. I know Gramlin may, may think otherwise in a couple of other schools, but, but it's, I, it's the one. I explain it to people all the time. Our rivalry, Southern's rivalry with Grambling is like brothers or sisters or whatever. Uh-huh. That's family. Our mm-hmm. rivalry at Jackson State is none of that. It's a true <laughs> rivalry. We don't like each other. The fans Absolutely. don't like each other. The school, nobody likes each other. <laughs> so, yeah. You nailed it. You nailed it. Yeah. As always, we're looking forward to it. And, man, again, we appreciate you for coming on. The busiest man in the swag. Before you go, man, plug all those shows. Let us know how we can find you, how we can listen to your shows. You can catch me five days a week on WBOK 1230 AM in New Orleans. We are, it's also on the WBOK Facebook page. We broadcast live there. So you can catch me five days a week, 4 to 7 p.m. Central Time on the Sports Report, WBOK 1230 AM. But you can catch me whenever you want to on the Locked On Network HBCU Sports Podcast. I'm on there. It's on five days. We've been on a slight hiatus. We're mm-hmm. revamping some things, but we'll be back doing the classic period, doing all of the classic games, and then we're really going to ramp it up for basketball season. So Locked On HBCU will be there. Get out, get that. It's five days a week on the Locked On Network. And if you want to hear me talk about Southern, Saturday mornings from 7 to 9 on the Jaguar Journal in Baton Rouge on Talk 107.3, or you can turn it, tune in to talk1073.com to catch it if you're out of town. So I'm always busy. Like I said, I'm hot dogs, hamburgers, <laughs> folding clothes, washing cars, all of that good stuff. Whatever needs to be done, I'm doing it, man. <laughs> and there you have it. The one and only Reggie Flood. He is busy 365. So, again, <laughs> honored to get a few minutes of his time. Oh, we man, appreciate, appreciate it. it. All right. And that'll do it for episode 205 of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcast listeners, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. I cannot stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department. And it all starts with you. Downloading, subscribing, rating and reviewing the show and tell every tiger that you know we're on all podcast outlets apple podcast google podcast spotify Castbox, and so on and we'll be posting each episode on our facebook instagram and twitter pages as always thanks for your support go tigers hashtag i believe hashtag welcome back coach prime hashtag beat southern hashtag the i love
for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.